Come on, come on now. What is the setup here? I mean, who's your boss? God. What? My boss is God. I'm an angel. I'm one of the best, but I try. And I make mistakes. Guess he figures the only way I'm going to learn is by mistakes. I'm kind of new at this. Hello. Welcome to Highway to Heaven Revisited. Hosted by Rachel Mayer and Joel Ludern. With moderator, Sam Hine. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to your favorite Highway to Heaven-related podcast. It's called Highway to Heaven Revisited. It's the show where your hosts, Rachel Mayer and Joel Luters, stop by to talk to me, the moderator, Sam Hine, and they talk about every episode in sequence in great detail as it happens on the popular 1980s television show from the 1980s called, starring Michael Landon, called Highway to Heaven. We watch it so you don't have to, Sam. And I am so thankful that you provide me this service. And hopefully, I think that's fun for people to listen to. It's definitely a fun experience for me so far. Well, and like I like to say, I just think it's funnier that way. I think it so. It works better. It does. Yeah. Not to be too meta, but when I listen to some podcasts and they're about television shows or movies, I used to watch all the movies that they described, and then I stopped watching it, and mm-hmm. the laughter is just different when I haven't watched the film. Oftentimes, I'm upset. It sounds like you're stumping for people who listen to this podcast to really dig their heels in to the ground and uh, get in front of one of those streaming platforms and start watching the show along with you? No, I'm saying with a show like this, you might not have to watch the episodes. I mean, it's working for me so far. (laughs) Thank you so much, Sam. Well, thank you for being here, Joel. So that's uh, Joel and Rachel. They're here, and you're listening to, I believe, the 11th episode of this podcast. If this is your first episode, welcome. We're glad to have you here. Let's start talking about episode 13 of season one of Highway to Heaven. What's the name of this episode, guys? Another Song for Christmas. Okay, I guess it follows. This is the Christmas episode. Merry Christmas. So on our way over here, Joel did say, let's not uh, tell Sam it's a Christmas episode. Let's see how long it takes him to figure it out. And I was like, it's not going to take him that long. It didn't. I'm impressed. Quite frankly. uh, Good job, Sam. I don't know how I figured that out so fast. Another song for Christmas. Is that what it's called? Another song for Christmas. Okay. I'm going to predict Victor French. He's going to make a solid attempt at singing at some point. You had some pretty good predictions in the last episode, so we'll see. All right, so Jonathan Price and uh, Mark, they're on the road? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. So we fade in, and it's a close-up of a Christmas tree covered in crystal bells and red ribbons with heroic Christmas music playing in the background. And the camera's just doing this close-up tracking down the Christmas tree from the top all the way down to what is sitting underneath the tree is a little book that says A Christmas Carol. Fasten your seatbelts, everybody, because Michael Landon is going to take on Charles Dickens. This is the Christmas Carol. Oh, my God. I can't even wait. It's going to be bananas. Joel also said, let's see how long it takes Sam to figure out it's about the Christmas Carol. Not very long. I would just like to say that my prediction as well is that there aren't necessarily three ghosts of Christmas. They're all the three ghosts of Michael Landon Christmas. He just gets to be all three. Close. Close. Not quite. I'd say don't get your expectations too high and you won't be disappointed. Okay. So are we in somebody's house who has a book under a Christmas tree or is that just the opening that's tableau? Just the, that's just the opening shot. Great. Hard yep. cut to a big sign of a used car lot that says, Honest Eddie's Used Cars. I smell some angel magic. <laughs> That's you, his angel magic. Thing. Are you talking about Michael Landon's karma count? <laughs> yes. So far, the karma count on one episode, I believe it occurred three times in one episode. Let's th- see what I happens, I think it's guys. a pretty safe bet that there will be some car magic. All right, All so right. we're four seconds into the show. Yep. Joel, we're at that car lot, Honest Eddie's car lot. Honest Eddie's car lot, and we cut to inside the car lot office, and there's an older couple. They're talking to a salesman who works there, and they're saying, you know, hey, you know, we really love this car we tried out. We'd really like to buy this, uh, but I don't know if we have the right kind of financing if we can afford this car. 
Enter Honest Eddie himself. Honest Eddie comes into the sales office and he's just all smiles, all handshakes, introduces himself to this couple. We find out this is Bonnie and Jeff Simpson. They're in their late 60s, early 70s. Honest Eddie makes some pretty uh, funny jokes like, oh, you're newlyweds, I bet. Wink, wink, laugh, laugh. He says something like, you gotta treat your good little woman right and make her happy. Put her in the car of her choice. Money doesn't mean anything when it comes to love, am I right? And they're just eating it up. I mean, they're like, oh my God, it's Honest Eddie himself. It's the guy from the commercials. Ah, (sighs) He's like a local celebrity. Yeah. The actor that plays Honest Eddie, he looks super familiar. His name is Jeffrey Lewis. He's just been in like everything. Okay. (laughs) He's like been in every TV show for like the last 30 years. Got started in Clint Eastwood movies, Devil's Rejects, Murder, She Wrote. Just super familiar. He's known for having a rustic, sour-faced look. I'm sure sure I would recognize him if I saw him. But Joel, was he in Quantum Leap? No. Oh. Dang it. But he is the father of 10. Oh. Including Juliette Lewis. What? Okay, so Juliette what? Lewis's dad is in this yeah. episode. Yes. Interesting. Very interesting. I don't recall knowing that Juliette Lewis's father was an actor. Or no. that she had nine siblings. No. no, not at all. So Honest Eddie himself is, is talking to this young couple, and the salesperson is saying that he doesn't think they'll be able to get credit from the bank. Like, the financing just isn't going to work out. And Honest Eddie said, banks, banks, banks don't know anything about love. I'll do the financing myself. There's no need for a bank. It's the day before Christmas. Yeah. I'll do this for you. This is your Christmas present. Okay. And they're just so happy. This is all probably too good to be true. Of course it is. I mean, what kind of person would actually put the name Honest on their business? (laughs) And I think car dealerships have, this reputation has gotten a little bit better, but certainly in the early 80s, that used car salesman reputation was just that they are out to get you. You can't trust them. They're slippery. Yeah, and Honest Eddie has that side to him, I would say. And that's what we learned. The couple leave, presumably, to go out and look at their new used car. The salesman goes up to Honest Eddie. He's like, Eddie. Maybe I'm new here, but I don't understand. There's no way that old man can make those payments. And you know what kind of shape that car's in? Of course he can't make the payments. But he can put the $500 down. And the first payment he misses will repo that old junker. It still runs. You make more money selling a car three times than you do selling it once. Plunder and pillage, pal. That's the name of the game. Don't ever forget it. Wonder and pillage. Wonder and pillage, that's right. So Honest Eddie is not so honest after all. No. And he's got a guy who works for him who has a moral center. You can thankfully forget about that guy. Yeah. (laughs) With a lot of these episodes, we're going to throw a bunch of characters at you. You won't have to worry about that so much with this one. Eddie goes to the shop connected to the building where there's a mechanic under a lifted vehicle turning wrenches. Hey, how's my new chief mechanic doing on his first day at the job? This is where we get to meet Mr. Ratchet. Mr. Ratchet? (laughs) Mr. Ratchet. (laughs) He asks Honest Eddie, he says, I have to ask you for a favor. I know I've just started here, but I'm wondering if I can get an advance on my paycheck. Christmas is coming. I know I'm a new employee, but one of my kids is pretty sick. And I'd really like to get him some nice toys for Christmas. The implication being he might not be around for the next Christmas. I hate to say this, but I would love to see what kind of malady this child has. (laughs) How they flipped it. I mean, it's genius so far. It's still Cratchit, it, it's a, Ratchet. <laughs> and then Tiny Tim's legs don't work. So maybe they're going to switch that up. Maybe like his wrist is sore or something. He has a headache. <laughs> So Chief Mechanic Ratchet is asking for this advance on his paycheck. He says, I'll work overtime. I'll pay you back with interest. And Honest Eddie's like, say no more. You got it, friend. You'll pay me back with interest. Yeah, you got it. You know what? Why don't you take the afternoon off? Go get your shopping done. Meet me back at the shop later tonight after we've closed. I've got a few cars that need their odometers set back. You help me out with that. I'll help you out with your paycheck advance. Easy peasy. That's how you get deals done. This is going to work out great for Ratchet. Well, Meeting right. alone with a greedy, weird boss after hours when nobody's there. What could go wrong? Well, Ratchet says to him, but Honest Eddie, that's a felony. 
I feel like that used to be a trope that was talked about more. You never hear that in TV and movies. I'm setting back the odometer. Sure. Maybe it's not something that can be easily done anymore. I don't know anything about cars I mean, either. that was the all is lost moment in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Was that, hey, we'll just uh, put oh, the car yeah. in reverse yeah. and ride it in reverse to roll the odometer back. Turns out it doesn't work. Yeah, it turns out the heroes of the story are actually just dumb teenagers after all. I used to, when I was sick from school, sometimes I used to watch Ferris Bueller twice in a day. Did you picture yourself mm. having that kind of adventure? Oh, it would have been so cool. It would have been super cool. I feel like that was my first introduction to sarcasm was Ferris Bueller. Yeah. So, so far we've got Honest Eddie, we've got his chief mechanic, Ratchet, who is refusing to commit this crime, showing himself to be an honest man. What do you think Honest Eddie's response is to a fellow like that? What do I care about the poor? Poor, poor mean nothing to me. Christmas humbug, humbug, I say. You're jumping ahead a scene or two. <laughs> Beautiful, Sam. <laughs> Very close. Thank you. Hey, it's now a good time to pitch you guys a radio play for the uh, <laughs> Christmas Carol. Will you play all the parts in it? Gladly, <laughs> to the annoyance of every listener involved. We have a few months till Christmas, Sam. You can make that happen. Well, he gets fired. Honest Eddie fires his new mechanic. That's crazy He's stuff. He's like, too bad. I'm not going to advance your pay, and I'm going to fire you for saying no to me. And then he's like, can I get paid for the work that I've done for you and the uniforms that I've bought? Honest Eddie's like, no, sue me for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a great attorney. He is not a good guy. So next thing, we see Mark and Jonathan pull into the car lot. So we yes. know that they're in this episode. So just at the moment that Ratchet is getting fired, mm-hmm. Mark and John are showing Mark and up John outside. are pulling in. Honest Eddie has kind of ruined Ratchet's day. Now and he's going to go ruin somebody else's day. A Mr. Watkins comes walking in. I have a little bit of dialogue here. If you'd like to join me, Joel. Oh, I absolutely would love to. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're a first-time listener to the Highway to Heaven Revisited podcast, this is what we call a reenactment by Joel and Rachel, wherein they reenact a scene from Highway to Heaven. So we have two characters in this scene, Honest Eddie and Millard Watkins. Who would you like to be, Joel? I would like to be Millard Watkins, the aged uh, gentleman. All right. And by gentleman, I mean he's, he's an older man, but he's dressed nicely. Not three-piece suit nicely, but he's respectable. Put, he's put together. He's probably an insurance salesman. Something like that. Something like that. I mean, that. that's what he looks like. Oh, Mr. Eddie, hi. I'm Millard Watkins. What can I do for you? Well, I'm on the board of the local orphanage, and we're trying to enlist the aid of prominent businessmen in the community. You see, our orphanage is about to lose its home. I'm not interested. But wait, I haven't finished. Oh, you finished, all right. I know all about orphanages, and I know all about orphanages and I'm not interested. If you could just see these children... (laughs) I'd probably puke. I don't like dogs, and I don't like kids. But in the spirit of Christmas, surely you... We have the spirit of Christmas here. It's the best time for selling a car. Now, if you'll excuse me... End scene. Ah! Amazing. (laughs) Well, thanks for that great scene, guys. I'm beginning to figure out who the Scrooge character might be of this show. Is it on a steady? Maybe. I'm going to speculate that there's a deep pocket of abandonment pain in Honest Eddie's heart. There's a little boy inside who hurts bad. I want you to be reassured Mark and Jonathan are coming up next. Try to sell him a car. Yeah, exactly. He goes up and he starts to trying to sell him the car they're looking at. Brad Jacobian, lubrication. Top of the morning to you, friends. What can I do for you? Well, we're really just looking around, thanks. Well, could do better than this little machine you're standing right next to here. Would you believe that this only has 30,000 miles on it? No. What? No, I wouldn't believe you. I'd say it had 153,000 miles on it. Well, you'd be just as wrong as you could be. All you've got to do is check that odometer. This little honey has been babied every step of the way. Been in two wrecks. It has, has it? Yeah, it has. And Honest Eddie is like, who are you guys? Are you you the police? Better Business Bureau? You're not? Get off my lot. Because they do have to tell you they're cops. Otherwise, it's entrapment. (laughs) Are you a cop? And so Jonathan responds to that with, hey, Eddie, Merry Christmas. And he's like, same to you, fella. (laughs) That is the equivalent to Michael Landon flipping him the bird. Totally. So in the next scene, they didn't buy a car. We see John and Mark walking. And it's like evening. And this presumably is set in California. So it's Christmas time, but it's like nice out. Everyone's in shirt sleeves. No snow, obviously. Just walking around town. Mark is complaining. Ah, we've been walking for two hours. My feet hurt so bad. And Mark's a little bummed out because he said it doesn't seem like Christmas without 
any snow. Who do we walk by but Santa Claus? And Santa says, good evening, Jonathan. <laughs> and Mark's like, oh, man, you know Santa? <laughs> yeah, John's like, Chris. Chris. Hey, man, it's been a long time. How's the missus? <laughs> And Santa's like, oh, she's a little tired about now. And John's like, yeah, I can imagine. Just right on the nose. And so then Jonathan just says, have a good trip tonight. And Santa's like, God be with you. And Jonathan's like, God be with you. Santa is played by the actor Don Badeau. He was also on Little House on the Prairie. He was super prolific, especially in the early television. Basically every TV show from the 30s, 40s, up through the 80s, he played some part in, he was an actor in. Awesome. I don't know how old he is at this point, but he's an old man. He's Santa. And he's playing Santa. So once I learned that this guy had been in television from the get-go, from theater becoming TV, having him come in and play Santa, I feel like was kind of like Michael Landon being like, hey, let's get the grandfather of television. Let's get him to come in and play Santa. That's amazing. Mark's a little skeptical, of course. And he's like, who's that? How long have you known him? Because John's like, oh, he's just an old friend of mine. I've known him since I was a little kid. And Mark's like, Chris? Chris who? And then we're going to just pause that conversation. We're going to suddenly look over and there's a toy store and we see our chief mechanic Ratchet jiggling the handle, kind of looking like he's trying to break into the toy store. He's got a Slim Jim. Oh, I didn't see that. Which is what used to open up car doors. So clearly trying to break into the toy store. (laughs) He's been pushed to his limits and he's trying to save Christmas for his alien family. He's had a pretty bad day. Honest Eddie just stiffed him for the uniforms and everything. Mm -hmm. That's a pet peeve of mine, by Mm -hmm. the way. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of like having to pay for the clothes that I'm expected to work in. Hey, uh, welcome to your new job. Uh, you're going to figure out in two and a half weeks that this job sucks and you're going to quit, but uh, this shirt is $25, so we'll take it out of your first paycheck, which you'll get in two and a half weeks after you figure out that you don't want to work here anymore. Agreed. Yeah, there's some famous quote, like maybe Thoreau or something along the lines of never trust any enterprise that requires new clothes. I love it. All right, so they intervene on Mr. Ratchet committing a crime. They walk over to him. John is is like, oh, hey, storekeeper locking up for the night. And Ratchet's like, oh, oh, uh, wait, 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 uh, uh, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, it must be a big night. It's Christmas. He's like, are you going to open tomorrow? And Ratchet's like, yeah, yeah, we'll open up tomorrow. (laughs) And then they just say, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. He's been diverted from his crime. And Mark then guesses, I have a feeling that guy's maybe part of our assignment. Yeah, he must be our assignment. Otherwise, why wouldn't you bust him for trying to break into that store? I would have busted him. Because I used to be a cop, you know. Have I ever mentioned that? And then John's like, ah, he's part of it. Yeah, and he says something like lots of people make mistakes trying to help the people they love. I mean, that's the thing. You get desperate times, allow people to do bad things to get out of them. And that's the way you control people is if you make them think that they're in desperate times when they're actually not. That's the best way to to steal from people Mm -hmm. is to create fake emergencies. Just YouTube a bunch of scam bait videos on YouTube and you can watch people getting tricked or not out of losing their money. You and me have much different YouTube wormholes, Joel. (laughs) I was too busy watching uh, helicopter chainsaw videos. (laughs) What? All you got to do is Google helicopter chainsaw. I saw it on Twitter and there was this crazy video of a helicopter flying with a cable attached to it. And at the end of the cable, I can only describe it as like a giant chainsaw, like a 20 foot like saw. This is a way of saving manpower mm-hmm. where they have a very meticulous helicopter pilot fly about 10 yards Jeez. from an active power line and just hack off the tree line next to the power line oh. with this giant chainsaw. That sounds awful. I hope they alert the squirrels and birds oh. ahead of time yeah. that there's this guillotine flying through the air. It's kind of a mesmerizing thing to watch. These trees, just the limbs just fall yeah. straight down. It's just like you put a cheese grate around a bunch of trees. Lately, I've been watching a lot of this show on YouTube from Animal Planet that is a guy going in and helping pet owners deal with their obese pets. So he puts obese cats and dogs on a diet. But that led YouTube to recommend an old favorite show of mine that I had forgotten called Super Fat versus Super Skinny, which is a British reality show in which they pair someone who's basically anorexic with someone who's obese. And instead of giving them actual help, 
help. They just send them to a house. They call it the feeding clinic. And they send them there for a few days and they make them switch diets. So they go from one unhealthy diet to another. They make the really fat person eat the skinny person's diet and the skinny person eat the fat person's diet. And it's so fascinating to me. Oh my gosh. That is grotesque. (laughs) That's one that Joel will not watch with me. So horrible. It is. And I don't feel like anyone learns anything except for the audience just pats themselves on the back for not having an eating disorder. Well, ladies and gentlemen listening, feel free to contact us online and let us know uh, what kind of YouTube wormholes you go down. Maybe if it's interesting, we'll feature your comment on the show. Mm, I like that. Uh, Where did we just leave off? The slim jimmy of the toy store. Ratchet walks away. In the next scene, we are now inside a mansion. There's an interesting shot. It's filmed from the second floor down at a high angle. You can see the candelabra at the top of the mansion, and you can just sort of see the tops of people's heads. Yeah, it's like looking down in a giant entryway from the overhead staircase. Is Agnes Moorhead standing there on the second floor, glowering at the surfs below in her house? No, there's no one up there with you to look at. Uh. There's someone yelling at the front door. It's Honest Eddie coming home, and he's yelling at his elderly butler to get the door for him. And the elderly butler comes up. Uh, Hey, I'm sorry. Sorry, I was just wrapping up. It's, you know, Christmas Eve. Eddie's like giving them Get the me works. a snack. Yeah, I'm I want a, a snack. <laughs> okay, okay, well, all right. Would you care for a late night snack, sir? No, I don't want anything. Had a hard day, I'm not hungry. Then, uh, <clears throat> would it be all right, sir, if I took the rest of the evening off? Yeah, go ahead, I'll see you in the morning. In the morning, sir? Yes. What are you, a parrot? But tomorrow's... Christmas. I know that, but I still have to eat breakfast on Christmas morning. Who do you think is going to cook it? Me? No, sir. What? uh, What? It's my grandchildren, sir. It's Christmas morning. I promised them I'd be there. Well, don't make promises you can't keep. I want breakfast at 8 o'clock. Good night. Honest Eddie's not a very nice guy. Boom, hard cut. We are looking at a television screen uh-huh. in a dark room. And bedroom. Bedroom. But we just see the TV and Honest Eddie is on TV and he's singing, hey, love is buying a new truck. If you want to show your family you'll love them, spend some money down at Honest Eddie's. We zoom out and it's a TV in Eddie's bedroom. Eddie is lying in bed fast asleep. And we go back to the TV. It turns to snow. <sighs> And we see John. That's not love, Eddie, and you know it. That's right, Eddie. I'm talking to you. Come on, Eddie. All you think about is the almighty dollar. That's all you care about. Just yourself. Eddie wakes up shocked. Turns off the television. Spooky. I like it. Eddie lays back down. Then out of the shadows steps John. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. So scary. So scary. Eddie immediately throws his hands up in the air and is like, take my money. Take my money. It's over there. You can shut off the TV, but you can't shut off the truth. That is bananas. Eddie jumps out of bed. He's dressed in really nice pajamas with a smoking jacket. And it's a lot like Sybil's. Like Sybil's. Oh, no, really? He tries to run away and he goes to open the door, but the door is locked. And he's like, no, you're not going to kidnap me. This actor is kind of great, actually. Oh, yeah. Over the top, but in a really good way. He's really living yeah. it for you. And so he's like tugging on the doorknob. And of course, the door is magic shut. It's not going to open for him. John goes, Eddie, it's time to start our journey. You can't run away, Eddie. You can open the door now. And he opens the door and inside the door it's a different place we're looking into a new interior oh man i i actually might watch this episode so we're looking into this like old-timey interior it looks like kind of a wooden cabin interior lots of kids running around some adults all the women are wearing prairie style dresses the guys have on like suspenders and Mm -hmm. button-up shirts it's old-timey this is where honest daddy grew up someone's playing the harmonica they're doing silent night the kids are all gathered around listening. 
There's a really Charlie Brown style little Christmas tree in the corner. This is where Eddie grew up. This is my grandmother's house in Arkansas. She's been dead 42 years. And he tries to talk to her. And Jonathan's like, oh, no, no, no. They can't hear us. They can't see us. We're just watching them. Yeah, dude. This is the Christmas episode, Christmas Carol of Highway to Heaven, dude. Do you not know this story? You're screwed, right? (laughs) Now's the part where you say, "Uh, these are nothing but uh, hallucinations, a bit of undigested beef spirit. Be gone, be gone. Oh, I wish they had modernized that line somehow. (laughs) He goes, that's me from when I was eight years old. Oh, I forgot how dirt poor we were. Mm -hmm. And it's Eddie like pulling on a little girl's braid. Jonathan's like, you didn't have a lot of money, but you had a lot of love. We didn't even have enough food that year. Oh, it was terrible. We had such a hard winter and a hard spring. We barely made it to eat. And John says, yeah, but the neighbors came over and helped you out. That's real love. And he's like, ah, they were hayseeds, suckers, all of them. Rubes. (laughs) Cars are love. (laughs) Pretty much. And then grandpa in the scene is like, time to open up the presents, kids. Little kid Eddie runs over and he's looking around. He's like, there isn't anything for me. There's no presents for me under the tree. And grandma says, that's because your present's too big to fit under the tree, Eddie. Oh, wow. What do you think he got? How old did you say he was in the... Like eight. Well, he got a car. I mean, come on. (laughs) He got a car. So close. He actually got something that he says he has had more fun with than any car in his life. He got a bike. Of course. He got a Silver Flyer bike. Nice. Bright red. And he goes, ah, that was the best Christmas there ever was. And after that, Grandma shoved me into a foundling's home. (laughs) No. That's not what happened. (laughs) Grandma died. She didn't send him to the orphanage. Well. Grandma loved him. Yeah. Grandma was the one person who really loved him but she died okay and then the other relatives presumably shoved him into the foundling home good lord yeah so it wasn't grandma well someone so all of those people like grandpa's playing harmonica in the corner and then grandma dies and boom all those kids are just yeah. shuffled away to an orphanage i thought that was pretty questionable because there were definitely other adults in the room well you know we could learn our lesson and stop picking apart the minutiae of yeah. whether or not these plot points are plausible but then i wonder how much content we actually have for a podcast but given the kind <laughs> of stories portrayed so far in the first season of Highway to Heaven, this is the convention of storytelling where it's just like, this is how something bad happened. Mm -hmm. Something bad happened, so something good can happen. So he's in the orphanage. And he says, man, when I got in that orphanage, I vowed to make so much money that this wouldn't happen to me again. No one would ever take my loved ones away from me again. And Jonathan's like, yep, and you never loved anyone again. (laughs) Eddie's like, but grandma would be proud. I'm a millionaire. And he's like, when's the last time you told someone that you loved them? When was the last time someone ever said they loved you? Then they start to fade out of the scene. Jonathan's like, time to go. And Eddie says, can't we stay a little bit longer? And Jonathan says, it doesn't work that way. And then they do that slow disappear thing. And he's like, oh, wait, what's going on here? Whoa, 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 whoa. And they fade out and yeah. cuts to the commercial. Not a real commercial, but it's a commercial, it's commercial, a commercial break. break. The next thing we see is Eddie and he's in his car asleep. And he's waking up in the passenger seat. I'm in my car. What is this? Who are you? Who do I look like? You look like a hairball. He's like, who are you? You look like a hairball. (laughs) And then he realizes, wait, you were with that other guy today. He's like, where's that other guy? What are we doing in my car? And Mark says, that other guy's in your past. I'm the spirit of Christmas present. Now fasten your seatbelts. We're going for a ride. Mark's not usually in on the game like this. Mm -hmm. He's in on this one. This episode is trippy as hell right now, guys. Mm -hmm. And next thing that happens is the car takes off like a sleigh. the car is flying. It's nighttime. We're going over the city at night. You can see the lights of the cars beneath them, the city. And so we're going to cut to our next destination. It's a big old house decorated for Christmas. And there's a whole lot of kids running around wearing white night shirts. They look like they're having a good time. They're like playing, running around the house. It's Christmas Eve. Fast Eddie says, oh, that's that place old man Millard is always trying to get me to donate to. Watkins. Watkins? 
Who's Miller? Millard Watkins. Millard Watkins. Millard Watkins. Yes. Yeah. So we're in the orphanage. And Fast Eddie has a really good observation. Night shirts. Why is it they never give kids in places like this pajamas? Because they can't afford them. So they use one size fits all. You know, the first money I ever made, I bought myself a pair of pajamas. I liked that explanation because I was like, oh, yeah, kids in orphanages always are wearing night shirts. Yeah, I'd never considered that. Like, I'd never considered why German villains in films have scars on their faces. But <laughs> it holds up. I was watching something old the other day, and there was like a German guy in an outfit, like a military outfit. Mm-hmm scar right on the top and bottom of his left eye and i was like i know how that happened Mm -hmm. this podcast is here to answer questions i'm so happy that you taught that to me joel you're welcome so fast eddie expresses his disdain for everything then we have a little scene where eddie's attorney mr fish walks in and he's talking to mr watkins and he's like oh that's my attorney what's he doing here And eddie again tries to talk to his attorney and mark is like it does not work that way you can't talk to these people and the attorney is telling the guy who's running the orphanage that he has to vacate the premises by 5 p.m. because this place is going to be turned into a new car lot. And the orphanage owner is like, your timing leaves a bit to be desired. It's Christmas. Oh, man. They're always putting people in positions like this, whether or not it be a village of dogs. Yeah. Now it's a village of orphans. Right. You got to be out by tomorrow. We're going to bring a bulldozer. Better have an old guy who wants to joust it. Otherwise, it's curtains for you. Watkins is asking them to at least give them to the first of the year. The attorney doesn't want to say who his client is, but Watkins obviously figures it out because who else is demolishing the building for a car lot? And Watkins says, your client is one of the most reprehensible people to walk the face of the earth, to which the attorney says, uh, yeah, I know. To Honest Eddie's disdain, because Honest Eddie's like, how dare you take that? No one says that about me. And, the and then like, he starts firing his attorney. He's like, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the attorney's kind of like getting real now and he tells the orphanage dude, the best thing I can tell you is just try to go talk to Honest Eddie. Go plead your case. I don't know what else to tell you. Well, I'm glad uh, Honest Eddie got to hear that. Yeah. Why are you telling him to plead his case? Why are you doing that? He's like, actually, here's his home address. Let me give it to you. Oh, yeah. And then he just starts firing his attorney again. The Grinch kept screaming, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired. Mark says something like, you can't buy friendship. Oh, yeah. He says so much for my friendship with that attorney. And Mark goes, you don't have friendship. You only rent lies. You can't buy friendship. Oh, that's it. You can only rent lies. Let's do that over again for the edit. He says to him, (laughs) because right. So you messed it up too, geez. <laughs> Fine. You can't buy friendship. You only can rent lies. Mm-hmm. To which Honest Eddie is like, I don't trust people. I only trust money. And then Mark says, come on, you're throwing kids out of an orphanage, man. <laughs> and then we just cut to Honest Eddie holding his hands up, doing that little play in the violin motion by his shoulder. And he's like, oh, my heart bleeds. Yeah. He's playing his little tiny violin. And Honest Eddie said, I learned from the school of hard knocks. He's not getting it yet. His heart is well it shut. Yeah. They begin to fade out and Honest Eddie starts screaming, oh no, I hate this. Then we have a literal fade in as Mark and Eddie fade in to an empty apartment. It's a small apartment. This is going to be the composite scene for the Cratchit yeah. household. Yeah, well it's To not... the founder of the feast, Mr. Scrooge. <laughs> you could almost say instead of a Christmas carol, this is just another song for Christmas. <laughs> oh my god. Highway to Heaven Revisited will return after a brief intermission. This is the intermission. It is happening right now. Please subscribe to Highway to Heaven Revisited wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you will never miss an episode. Visit our website, highwaytoheavenrevisited.com, to listen to every episode of the podcast. While you are there, you will find links to our social media pages, contact information, and ways you can help support the show. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider supporting Highway to Heaven Revisited on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash highway to heaven revisited to see the variety of special perks exclusive to patreon patrons is your company interested in sponsoring highway to heaven revisited please send an email to highway to heaven revisited at gmail.com sam has been waiting his whole life to read your ads on the show intermission is over 
So this apartment is a small apartment. There's a small Christmas tree set up in the corner and there's a sofa bed that's pulled out. Honest Eddie says, what a dump. Who lives here? Who lives in this place? Dave Ratchet, your ex-mechanic. Hey, <laughs> it's not my fault he's out of a job. Oh, really? What do you do wrong? Things. Things? Yeah. Things like not turning back the odometers on your cars. He told you? No. Well, then how do you know? I just know. I know everything about you, Eddie. Mark's got a little tinges of Jonathan. He's like, I know everything about you, Eddie. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if actually this is Jonathan just appearing as Mark. As Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and that Mark is just tipping back some brews in the hotel bar yeah, or there something. might be some truth to that. Because Mark is never involved at this. This is above Mark's pay grade. Yeah. He isn't actually telepathic or no. able to speak to God somehow directly. No, he certainly can't like move people across space. You know, I'm sorry. Certainly not objecting to the choice of Mark being the ghost of Christmas present for this episode, but this is breaking some rules of whatever the established mystical stuff happening in this show is. I agree. I mean, it's definitely more interesting to have Mark as one of the ghosts than to only have Jonathan, but it does break some rules. We just have to go with it. So the mom and the kids, they walk into the room. They walk up to the sad kind of Charlie Brown Christmas tree. But they're not sad. Oh, no, they're not. In sheer contrast, they are very happy and they ask if they can open up their presents. Everyone's excited, and we meet little Bobby, the sick boy. He's very cute. He looks very healthy, but he is in a wheelchair. Uh, the kids all get one present each, and they open up their presents, and everyone's really happy, except Ratchet. When he sees the joy on these kids' face, it's in contrast to how sad he feels, and he has to leave the room, and he walks into the bedroom. What's the matter with Dad? Your father feels bad because he couldn't do more for you this Christmas. We don't feel bad. I know. The truth is, your father lost his job yesterday, and it it just comes at a bad time for him. Why did Daddy lose his job? Because your father is an honest man, and he wouldn't do the crooked thing that his boss wanted him to do. They say, why was Dad being fired for being honest? I hate his boss. I hate this guy. And the mom says, don't hate him. Feel sorry for him. He's sorry for me? Look at this dump. These poor people feeling sorry for me. How dare they? I could buy this whole place in an instant. So he's like, I can't believe she's sorry for me. And Mark says, so am I. So we're going to go into the bedroom. Bobby wheels his little wheelchair into the bedroom, goes to see how dad is doing. Dad's sitting on the edge of the bed crying. He says, I must have a cold coming on. Crying is okay, dad. You always told me that. You're a good man, dad. I love you. I love you so much. And I'm proud of you, dad. Yeah, I'm sorry for what happened to you. And they hug. But us being together is the greatest Christmas present ever. Oh, oh, Bobby is Tiny Tim, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured it out. Good job, Sam. I was going to say earlier, until just now, like, oh, another song for Christmas, instead of just calling it Another Christmas Carol or The Christmas oh, Carol 2. I actually just got that. Another song yeah, for Christmas. I literally just got that, too. Yeah. Oh, cool, huh, guys. Okay. Thanks for putting up with our <laughs> slow intellects, Joel. Yeah. So this scene, I just wrote, this is so cheesy, but it's so touching. It's another example of really good acting. I just was like, this dad is so good playing Mr. Ratchet. I was just like, this guy is just Owning it. They're solid acting in this episode. There's also a nice reversal. Because in the usual adaptation of uh, Christmas Carol, Bob Cratchit is the one who's like, to the founder of the feast, Mr. Scrooge. And then the wife character's like, I hate him. I don't like him. Oh, yeah. But I kind of like that. And then the dad turns to the son and says, you know what? Let's go make some pancakes. With lots of syrup, dad? Of course. Yes. Somebody in the writer's room loves syrup. I do. I mean. It's good with oatmeal and goats. (laughs) It's good with Christmas and pancakes. Put some syrup on it, dad. Saves goats' lives, saves Christmas. All right, guys, talk on the mics for a second because I gotta let Sybil out yeah, otherwise Sybil's she's very gonna demanding. be she a is. guest on this podcast and we all know how jealous that's gonna make mm-hmm. Brian she's like it stopped raining it stopped raining I Can go I go back go? outside now that's what Charlie does when she wants to get in the bedroom Sybil she doesn't want to go outside Sam's running around the couch trying to find her oh she's oh, gone Sybil's into the bedroom pl- Sybil's playing a game with Sam yeah oh he got her she doesn't really want to go out but she wants to go out can you get her her little uh, vaping pipe she's like don't forget my smoking pipe <laughs> she's got to vape that kitty cat CBD oil vape cat CBD oil get your 10% off by typing <laughs> in H 
H2HR for 10% off your kitty cat CBD oil. That's dumb. You guys keep specking out as many improv commercials as you want. We are going (laughs) to get that sponsorship. But I don't want to do any canned cat food ads, okay? No way. Nothing smells worse than canned cat food. Fight me. Fight me, internet. I'm not going to go up against you. (laughs) All right, Jill. (laughs) Go ahead. Is this where I plug the haunted basement? (laughs) We have the stuff that they use for training cadaver dogs, but it's used for training cadaver dogs, and we keep it inside several jars, and once you open the very first jar, you can smell it, and it just creates the feeling of dread inside you when you smell it. You feel like your insides have just fallen. Okay, so there are a couple dead things that smell worse than wet cat food, but... Surprise armpits. (laughs) Oh, Oh, yes. Yes. The worst kind. Are you guys done? <laughs> I've got one more, but I'll save that for the listeners to guess. Rachel has been checking her tweets. <laughs> I got bored. Uh, Rachel, I just want to thank you for being my friend, despite our diverging views on canned cat food. <laughs> so we're getting close to the end of the second act here. Before we go on, though, I did notice that in the Cratchit family, there's little Bobby in the wheelchair, and then there's two girls. One of the girls is the actress Kelly Martin, who you might know best from the show Life Goes On, which was one of my favorite shows, like late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, like the big sister from Life Goes On. She was the middle sister. There was the youngest brother, Corky, who has Down syndrome. Yes. And then there's an older sister, Paige, who was in it, but I don't think anybody remembers Paige. I don't remember Paige either. Becca was the main character besides Corky, the brother. I think Paige was maybe in college, out of the house, a little more of the rebellious sister. So I don't think she was on every episode. She was the one who would come in and have like the bike her boyfriend and cause some problems at home. Seems to me you never want to actually be like the oldest sibling in a triune of siblings featured on a television show because the number one, the oldest one, is like never on the show. Like the oldest sister on Wonder Years. Yeah, I feel like it's a very similar role to the older sister on Wonder Years. Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they shipped that guy out to military school at some point, that Masterson brother. Literally phoning it into the main story. Yeah, he'd be on the phone half the time. So Kelly Martin's on the show. Yeah. Thanks for tipping us off mm-hmm. there, Rachel. Yeah, because you wouldn't know it unless you look at IMDb. Oh, just speaking of that, I watched Wes Anderson's second movie, Rushmore, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Oh, that's one of my favorite movies. Do you remember at the very opening of the film, Max Fisher is having a dream about solving an impossible math problem yeah. in front yes. of the whole class? Yeah. One of the students sitting in the very front row mm-hmm. is Alexis Bledel, who was on Gilmore <gasps> Girls. Wow. She has no lines, whoa. but I was like, whoa, who's that super pretty girl in the front row? Oh my God, it's Alexis Bledel. That's maybe my favorite trivia fact you've shared with us so far. I will watch for that next time. I just don't want this show to end, guys. I keep interrupting. We have so much to go. All right, let's keep walking down the highway. Honest Eddie and Mark, they're watching what's going on in the Ratchet household. Honest Eddie's like, man, how does this family love him even though he totally let them all down? Man, what a lucky man he must be. And Mark's like, you know, Bobby, he's going to die without his operation. I feel like Scrooge is starting to change a little bit because when he says he's a lucky man it's with a more sincere tone he's questioning like he's a lucky man yeah and then mark's going on saying this is a tough christmas for him all bobby he needs an operation he's gonna die if he doesn't get his operation and honest eddie's like you mean to tell me the only thing they need is money what about all of the money the government takes out of my paycheck? Yeah, what about the me? free hospitals? I would love to see one of those free hospitals myself. I mean, all <laughs> these rich guys even today I imagine that there's just fistfuls of their money yeah, being who, passed along to the lower classes at free hospitals. Who needs health insurance when there's all those free hospitals? There should be more churches helping out, not this stuff that other people... So he kind of goes onto a little libertarian tirade and... <laughs> Mark points out that non-existent free hospitals are not going to cut it because Bobby needs very specialized operation that's only available at a few hospitals in the country and you need money to make that happen. And then uh, they start to fade out. Eddie goes, whoa, not this again. Whoa. Oh, I don't like this. Either we're going to the composite of the Fezziwig party or we're going to the spooky part. We're like going the, to the spooky the part. The Skeletor section. Yep, it's not super spooky. Oh, I wish daytime. it was spooky. It is a graveyard, but it's daytime. Ugh. So the spook factor is 
minimal. Well, I'm not going to complain too much because Jonathan's entrance was so spooky. Jonathan's like poltergeist level spooky. Yeah. Super spooky. Yeah, we both were like, whoa. I mean, it was bad enough that he was like coming off the TV, but then boom, he's in the room. It's like every vampire nightmare come to life. So we're at the graveyard. It's daytime and Jonathan's there. And he walks up to Eddie. And he's like, hey, Eddie, we're in the future. I want to show you something. It's your gravestone. It's right over here, pal. And so we cut to the two men who are digging the grave and they're just having a little conversation like, oh, this is not how I want to spend Christmas morning. Boy, I tell you, this is not my idea of how to spend Christmas morning. <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. Well, the sooner we get finished, the sooner we'll be back with our families. Yeah. Did you ever see a funeral like that in your life? No, I can't say as I have. Not a soul here but the preacher. Yeah, I guess the guy didn't have any family. Yeah, but no friends. I mean, uh, you think the guy would have some friends to show up at his funeral? Ah, guy like that, you can't help feeling sorry for him, you know? Well, he wasn't exactly poor. I mean, uh, that headstone cost a few bucks. Yeah, that's for sure. Hey, what do you say we knock off for today? Yeah. Nobody's here anyway. Let's go. Yeah, let's come back tomorrow. No one will notice, and no one will care. Honest Eddie is like, what are we doing here? And Jonathan goes, oh, I think you know. Eddie doesn't want to know. Please, Spirit, take me away, far away from here. I cannot look on another moment longer. Pretty much, except Eddie's like, I don't want to look at that. (laughs) Jonathan says, you have to. So clearly we all know, he turns around and looks, what is it? It's It's his gravestone. It's it's Honest Eddie's gravestone, of course. It says Honest Eddie. (laughs) (laughs) It does. It says, died December 23rd, 1985. Then it says, born on the other side, but there's a jacket thrown in front of the date. That's a goofy detail. (laughs) I just, because they... I would have looked for it and been like, oh, I want to figure out how old he is. So they left a half-dug grave because they don't want to bury him all the way, but the headstone's already ready. Yeah, that's not how it works, right? Regardless, this is definitely a moment to hit if you're adapting the Christmas Carol. Yeah. Scrooge has to look at his own gravestone and be mm-hmm. like, what? So Eddie sees the gravestone and he puts his head in his hands. Why'd you show me that? There's got to be a way for me to stop it. What do I do? Just tell me. Jonathan disappears. Spirit, Spirit, don't leave me here. I will change. Yeah. I will change. I will creep the Christmas spirit, the holier round spirit. Do not desert me here, spirit. Yep, it's it's that moment. So he sees his gravestone. Michael Landon deserts him there. And he must wake up tearing at the bed curtains. Mm-hmm. He wakes up. He doesn't have bed curtains, but he does have a pillow over his face. And he says, oh, oh yeah. I, I had this crazy dream. I was eating a giant marshmallow. He actually, he actually he wakes up because there's a knock on his bedroom door. And who is knocking on his bedroom door? It's, it's a butler with yeah, breakfast. Yeah, it's his eight o'clock breakfast. Joseph! I'm sorry if I woke you, sir, but you wanted breakfast at eight. Breakfast at eight? What day is this? Sir? The day, the day! Well, it's Christmas day, sir. Christmas day? Joseph, it's Christmas day! Yes, sir. Well, what are you doing here? I beg your pardon. What are you doing here on Christmas day? You should be home with your family. But you asked me to work, sir. Now, don't listen to me. You should be ashamed of yourself. Now go on. Go home to your family. But what about your breakfast, sir? Breakfast? I couldn't eat breakfast. Not on Christmas Day. And he's like, go home. Go home. Then he throws open the window and does like a Tarzan yell. <laughs> Joseph. Joseph! Wait, 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 wait. He chases him down the stairs. Hey, I need to give you a raise. When was the last time I gave you a raise? You've never given me a raise. That's no answer. How much do you want for a raise? I I don't know. I've never had one. I don't know. You've worked for me for like 20 years. You've never had a raise. Never mind the amount. I'll just double it. Probably what he deserves. Easily. It reminded me of when that other rich company was like, hey, if you can work for us for a month, we'll double your pay. At this point, Mr. Watkins, the owner of the orphanage who had been given the address by the attorney. So he's taking time out of his Christmas morning. Yeah. He's running out of time. He's supposed to be out at five o'clock on that day. So oh, his options are limited. And he's like, hey, I want to make an appeal. I'm from the orphanage. And Eddie goes, there's no way you can convince me that orphanage is coming down. That's the way it is. And you're not going to change my mind about it. I thought I was wasting my time. Well, you certainly were if you thought I was going to help you save that old dump. It might be a dump to you, but to those children, it's all the home they have. Not anymore. Now, let's get down to business. I'm going to write you a check for $250,000 to build a new orphanage and get those kids some pajamas. Well? Well? 
What's the matter, you hard of hearing? <laughs> if you are, I'll throw in a few more bucks and we'll get your hearing aid. Well, if this is your idea of a joke, I think it's a pretty cruel one. Maybe you're right. I'll make it for 350000 350000 Are you serious? Millard, you drive a hard bargain. I'll tell you what, I'll make it an even half million and not a penny more, except for the $100,000 we used to start the scholarship fund. Merry Christmas! What an astounding change of heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then he, he says one of my favorite lines in almost all of Highway to Heaven. He says, Merry Christmas, now get the hell out of here. <laughs> I, I, I just don't know what to say. Then don't say anything. Except, Merry Christmas, Honest Eddie. Merry Christmas, Honest Eddie. <laughs> Good. Merry Christmas to you, too. Now, go on. Get the hell out of here. I got places to go and things to do. I feel like that might be my Christmas card this year. <laughs> Maybe just a picture of this character. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Now, get the hell out of here. <laughs> this isn't quite the end of the episode. No, he has yet. to go over to Ratchet's house and give him a high five or two mm-hmm. or a big turkey. Goose? Scrooge shows up with like something to eat yes. at the Cratchit's house. Not quite something to eat in this one. Victor French, a.k.a. Mark, is laying in bed asleep as John comes over and wakes him up with a soft kiss on, the, <laughs> on his upper left eye. <laughs> Wakey, wakey, it's Christmas. (laughs) Mark has a copy of the Christmas Carol story open over his face. And as he wakes up, he's like, oh, it's weird dreams last (laughs) night. That explains it. That explains it. Mind control. Correct. Wow. Correct. Stunning. And he's like, man, I was driving and flying. It was the weirdest thing ever. And I knew stuff I don't actually know. This must be what it's like for you every day, John. (laughs) All those dreams. I mean, it's weird. Been whizzing around in a convertible. You know, Honest Eddie was there, too. What a morning. What are you so happy about? Are you kidding? It's Christmas. Then we're going down the road, and we see the old couple from the beginning. Their hood's up, cars blowing smoke, broken down on the side of the road. That sounds like a good time for a little down-home angel magic. Time for the karma count to make an appearance. In an episode that has hinged so heavily on someone who owns a car dealership, there's only been one possibility so far. He does know the Carfax report magically of several of the cars at the lot at the beginning. Does making a car fly count? It's, well, I mean, it's, it's not quite the same. I, I think realize. it is. And I'll now at it. this point, he's made this car break down at just the time that Honest Eddie's driving past them. Honest Eddie stops, jumps out, and is like, oh, the car's broken down. And they're like, oh, you, you tricked us. We're the old people from before. You sold us this at minute three in this episode. And he's like, I know I did. I ripped you off. <laughs> Yeah, that's me. I'm so glad you guys recognized me. <laughs> I totally ripped you off. Hey, you know what? Let's just trade cars. Just come by my place in a couple days and we'll sign the pink slips. Yeah, it's yours. Here you go. It's yours. Take it. Yeah, they get in the car and drive off. Now we see Mark and Jonathan driving. Mark is still going, man, that dream was so crazy. <laughs> Mark is still tripping out about his <laughs> yeah. dream. He's like, where are we headed? And Jonathan's like, drive to the toy store. And he goes, are we playing Santa Claus? Jonathan goes, no, no, no. More like reindeer. So the next thing we see is Eddie standing near this broke down old car he's gotten but he's at the toy store and there's somebody walking out with armfuls of presents loading a bunch of presents into Eddie's trunk it's not ratchet it's just somebody who works at the nope, toy store just some employee who's working on Christmas day Eddie gets the presents in the trunk Eddie gets in the car and then he goes to try to start the car to go away but the car breaks down Eddie's car won't start oh no guess who pulls up uh Jonathan you got car trouble Eddie yeah <laughs> I sure have it's one of Mine. Hey! Hey, it's you guys! <laughs> Listen, I had a dream last night, both you guys were in it. You wouldn't have believed it. Yes, I would. <laughs> Eddie tries to pay them. He's like, oh, let me pay you guys. Jonathan goes, oh, no, no, we don't want any money. It's Christmas. To which Mark gives Jonathan a little side eye. That's got to be the most annoying thing about hanging out with Michael Landon and being his right-hand angel man is Mm. just constantly watching Michael Landon say, no, we don't need money. And you're like, but... Who's going to buy the beer and smoke? You keep making my cigarettes disappear. (laughs) I'm having to buy a new pack every couple hours. We never stick around long enough to actually get a paycheck. They say they're going to pay us double in a week but we only here for three days yeah. god's given us what we need but what about what i want <laughs> yeah oh 
so what else transpires? They go to the Ratchet house where Eddie walks in and tells Mr. Ratchet that an honest man like you is hard to find. He goes up to little Bobby. Bobby, I hear tell that there's a hospital down there in Texas where the doctors can take little guys like you are feeling a little puny and zippity zip. Before you know it, you're up on both feet. Would you get on there with me? And you're... Your dad and your mom and your sisters and let those doctors take a crack at getting you out of this chair in return for one great big favor. Well, sure. Well, what kind of favor? Well, you see, I never had any kids. And I'm at an age now where I ought to be playing with my grandkids, but I don't have any of them either. So I was wondering if uh, maybe every once in a while you and I could play together. You know, throw the ball around, play checkers like that. You could think of me as your your grandpa Eddie. And he's like, sure. Sure, grandpa. Sure. Would you like to join us for Christmas dinner? Invite him to dinner. Then Jonathan and Michael disappear. Honest Eddie turns around and is like, fellas, fellas, where'd they go? I didn't even see him leave. In the moment of stunned silence, Bobby looks up at Honest Eddie. Grandpa Eddie. And says, God bless you, Grandpa Eddie. Grandpa Eddie says, I think he already has, son. I think he already has. Fade out while Joy to the World starts playing, and we just see some sparkly Christmas ornaments. Wow, that's quite an episode. Yeah. With some a few arty twists, mm-hmm. some flying car action, yeah. some gender reversal. It's a fun one if you're looking for a Christmas TV episode to watch. It's Agreed. not a bad one. Excellent. Uh, thanks for coming over and talking to me about Highway to Heaven's season one Christmas episode. Yeah. I thought it was really rad. It was delightful. I kind of forgot about Christmas episodes until this one came up and I went, oh yeah, of course. You always yeah. do a Christmas episode. Do you guys remember offhand enjoying any other Christmas episodes from TV shows? The thing that comes to mind is I am a big fan of the whole Doctor Who reboot of the franchise and they traditionally start each new season in January. They start it with a new Christmas episode in December, which then leads to a new season in January. Oh, excellent. And the Christmas episodes are pretty epic. They tend to not have to follow the storyline. They get a little more license, a little more liberty, but they're pretty fun. I usually rewatch some of those around Christmas. I remember a lot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Christmas episodes. I remember Krang, the guy who was like the brain inside the belly of the big machine man wearing a Santa Claus hat. What I remember the most is them getting pizza for Christmas. <laughs> of course they did. And I just remember trying to think of, like, how did they keep the pizzas warm, wrapped up, and under a tree? I'm usually always oh. curious about what the temperature of that pizza is, because yeah. the pizza always looks like it took a pretty big undertaking to get down into the sewers with those guys. It's always just so melty and delicious. These were the things I was thinking about at the time. Do you have any favorite Christmas episodes? Well, this is going to be totally self serving, but two things come to mind. One of my family's favorite Christmas movies is the first Lethal Weapon movie. It occurs at Christmas. I do recall it, and I know it's on the list yeah. of Christmas movies. This is the self-serving part. The Christmas special that I care most about is the Choo Choo Bob Show Christmas yeah. special. If anybody wants to watch it, it's on Amazon Prime for free. And uh, I don't benefit financially at all by telling you that. It's a good episode, and I'd say you definitely don't need to have kids to watch it. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here, but before we do, we got to talk about what the moral of the story is. And I'm just going to go straight mainstream here. You have to keep the spirit of Christmas alive in your heart the whole year round. Because if you don't, and an angel is tracking your behavior, wear pajamas to bed that night, because you're going to go on a trippy (laughs) adventure through space and time. That's a good reason to always wear pajamas, actually, because you never know. Tricky thing I run into when I try to come up with the moral of this, Scrooge in this story learns to be nice to other people for selfish reasons. But at the same time, I want to say, my Ayn Rand part of me goes, yes, but being selfish is good in a way. But there's different types of selfishness. There's selfishness that's only going to serve your own personal interest in a small bubble. There's a certain kind of selfishness that if you extend it out to others in another way, it's mutually beneficial. And this is one of the things that I just learned because I'm around a lot of small business owners. It's about finding these mutually beneficial relationships and that if you're just after making it out 
for numero uno, you're going to hurt a lot of people around you. If you can kind of harness that selfishness in a way to benefit you and others around you, hey, that's better than nothing. Well said, Joel. Rachel? Anything to add here? I just have two things. One, Chris Kringle slash Santa Claus is real. In the extended universe of Highway to Heaven. And number two is that you don't need snow to have a good Christmas. And maybe some of us might want to try having a Christmas without snow. I would be okay with that this year. Me too. Yeah. Should we go to a Highway to Heaven location this Guys, Christmas? Guys, let's go to California for Christmas. Let's stay in the hotel from the last episode oh this gosh. Christmas, guys. Okay, fun. Let's do it. It. Yeah. it is a plan. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for your favorite segment and mine of every episode of Highway to Heaven Revisited, where we talk about the overall Michael Landon factor of the episode today. So Landon factor in this one, we've got tons of magic, some of the most angel magic that I think we've seen in any episode. Him appearing on TV, him walking in like a ghost into the room, which was terrifying. Uh, Him possessing Mark. Yes, possessing Mark. There isn't a lot of folksy stuff because he's basically a spirit this whole time not a lot of like who are you what are you doing here so he doesn't get to have any deeper conversations i don't feel like a lot of strong one-liners which i love out of the earlier episodes not a lot of shame zingers either (laughs) no crutch kicking there hasn't really been a lot of crutch kicking since the crutch kicking episode (laughs) if we have to think about it guys the past couple episodes so out of 10 landons i'm gonna give it eight wow eight 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 landons all right that's a pretty high number coming out of joel's court what about you rachel i'm actually going with a five and my reasoning is there was a lot of angel magic if we want to call that happening in this episode but the majority of it was the typical magic that goes along with the Christmas Carol story but I feel like that's things that we're used to and we're expecting outside of that there isn't that much distinctive Michael and angel magic so I'm just going to split it right down the middle I'm not sure about this one but my gut is I'm just going to go with five I love it how you guys just trust your instincts and give me numbers because this all matters in the end. Really, yes. really it does. Let us know how you feel about it, those of you listening out there in uh, podcast land. But as far as Highway to Heaven Revisited is concerned, Season 1, Episode 13 has a resounding Michael Landon factor of 6.5. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, tell anybody and everybody you think might enjoy it. And have a great day, and we'll see you next time on Highway to Heaven Revisited. Merry Christmas and get the hell out of here. <laughs> Next time on Highway to Heaven Revisited. Charlie's gone. Missing. It's been five days now. Hold on. What do you mean missing? He just disappeared. No call. No note. Now we're going to go see your friends, right? We're going to see your friends. It's going to be just like in the Bible, right? An eye for an eye. Now, you don't have to go, John, and you don't have to be there. Jonathan? Now we're all going to take a little ride and go find your friend. Highway to Heaven Revisited is the galaxy's only podcast offering a comprehensive view of Michael Landon's classic 1980s television series, Highway to Heaven. Do you want to watch along with Rachel and Joel? Highway to Heaven is streaming almost anywhere. Check your favorite streaming platform to see if it is available. Please follow Highway to Heaven Revisited on Instagram. That's at Highway to Heaven Revisited. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts or moderator? Call the Hotline to Heaven. The number is 612-356-2495. That number again is 612-FLOW-BIZ-5 Your message might be played on the show or send the show an email at highwaytoheavenrevisited at gmail.com Your message might be featured on the show If you have time, please rate and review Highway to Heaven Revisited on iTunes If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend Theme music composed by Brian Just Thank you for listening, and be sure to join the gang for the next episode. Highway to Heaven Revisited is a Channel 3 TV production.